0: Brent, what is that delicious drink you are drinking?
1: Well, <laughs> oh, it's a little later in the evening. We're recording a little later than usual, and I'm drinking a
0: pineapple jalapeno oh.
1: can cannabis infused social tonic.
0: From can with two ends, right? That's Spicy. right, can with two
1: ends. Oh, it's so delicious. Just a hint of jalapeno. I love it. Mm. What
0: are other flavors it's- that they have? I'm so in need of flavor.
2: Mm. I can tell you, well, first I sh- we should you know say that can is a social tonic <laughs> microdosed with cannabis that gives you a light and uplifted buzz, but has no hangover, fewer empty calories, all natural ingredients, and no regrets. And besides the one that Brent is drinking, it also comes in blood orange cardamom, grapefruit rosemary... Pineapple jalapeno—that's one Brent's drinking—and lemon lavender. Ooh, oh, also that, cranberry just,
1: sage. But just to, just to reiterate, it gives you a buzz, not a tingle like Elliot was hoping for. But anyway,
0: <laughs> and if you want these, you can go to drinkcanwithtwoends.com and buy yourself a little joy. Ooh, <laughs> I'm ready to lose my shit.
2: Welcome to Your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm
0: Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. (laughs) Meh. Textual, Textual healing. healing. So Jojo Siwa just came out of that dun closet. She tore that closet wall down and said, I'm queer. And, and the world and what the hell is better that? for it. <laughs> I know. I know you would be asking that. Jojo Siwa is, she started on Dance Moms. She was a little girl dancer on Dance Moms. And then she kind of built mm. that into this like massive influencer YouTube sort of direction. She has... Twelve point one million subscribers, three point four billion views. I mean, she's huge. Sixteen point eight trillion likes. <laughs> and
2: she's, she, I know, G. I know her from like. I just know what she looks like, and I, apparently, she's not n- like nine, but she's like <laughs> she's like an, 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 an yeah. I think an adult, but she dresses sort of like a punky Brewster's yeah. meets like Bozo yeah. the Clown. Now, like I a, didn't know about honey. her.
0: And I think a lot of people didn't know, a lot of people listening at least, probably first learned of her because on RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, one of the contestants, Lemon, was her during Snatch Game and did a killer job. And it was so funny. People were like, who the hell is this girl? Mm -hmm. And then people found out she's this like YouTube personality. She has this like tight, tight bun. I first learned about her because Michael made a joke. She has a massive clothing line and toy line at Target. And her pictures show her with this tight, tight ponytail. And her hair is pulled back so far that it looks like she has a receding hairline. Because I think right. years of pulling that hair back so far, no judgment. Is I that mean, a I'm thing? all about it.
1: D- yeah, d- like is a can thing you, you lose your hair if you if you put? I oh, love yeah. a tight ponytail on a woman for some reason.
0: Yeah, you can totally lose your hair. I mean, a lot of drag queens start losing their hair, and they're like, you know, around where they're pulling their hair back or like taping their hair and stuff because yeah. it, it does it damages your the area there. That said, I actually, I
1: actually worry. I feel like I'm losing hair in the in the trenches where I twirl my tresses. A little
2: bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lost a couple. Yeah, for me I mean I the sort of the news kind of uh sort of, you know, kind of floated right by me. I just okay, like okay, that's happening. Because I think at, at a certain point we're now at a place where coming out if yeah. you're famous or semi-famous isn't such a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. But um I think with Jojo Siwa it is it is significant in the in the sense that she is a kids entertainer, you know, she and she's also I mean, again, to me, I'm like she's so asexual to me that it is a yeah. uh, uh, a really nice thing to see that that she's uh, um, embracing this. She like she introduced her girlfriend on social media, mm-hmm. um, so it's yeah. I mean, it's it's again, it's like I I don't connect with her. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, also
0: how she's responding to it, you know, like online. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of very conservative parents who are like, "I'm never going to let my child watch you ever again," and she's not combative. She's not not acknowledging these people she's just replying with okay yeah
1: <laughs> isn't isn't I that the that best response. isn't that the best way
0: instead of being like
1: fuck <laughs> you okay uh just be like okay i mean as someone who uh, you know I don't know. Like, haven't we all been in a position before where where we are the bully? And I don't mean I don't mean within the context of being <laughs> virulently homophobic. I just mean like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you shout something or you say something to someone. There's there's no better way to neuter someone than by completely and fundamentally ignoring yeah. them. Um, so bully. That, and also that's like the way to
0: do it. How she, you know. I think a lot of times, like especially in the early years after around marriage equality started happening, a lot of people when celebrities came out, they became the martyrs for all gay people, they became the leaders of Nathan the marriage Lane. Oh, well, he never he's did. A leader. He never did. I'm talking he's, about the he's a pioneer. I'm talking about like the Neil Patrick Harris, etc., that they had to become these sort of spokespeople for the gay community. And JoJo isn't necessarily doing that, she's just like. Well this is who I am. This is what I decided to post on Instagram that day because I liked the shirt and I thought it was time to come out and Yeah. That's what I did <laughs> and nothing else is going to change. She's going to keep this. doing the shit she does.
2: For me it feels like uh, like after I came out at like 19, from you know basically <laughs> well into adulthood it was like okay, so anytime anything that involves gay stuff will always be will always include alan cumming wilson Cruz. <laughs> yeah, right? yes it was like a handful of people jay rodriguez like, okay jay rodriguez right like yeah. yeah. of people. you know carson kressley <laughs> but like it was always just like okay there's gonna be a project with wilson everything is what yeah. it was about wilson well and Crude. to
0: their credit like you want to give them i mean because we're kind of making fun of it but like they were pioneers in what they did. and No, what they, what, completely. Like, full credit to them for, for what they had to do at the time that they did it. That was brave. But at yeah, the same it's time, so, it's like, it's it becomes cliche. It's just so cliche.
2: funny that, that it became cliche in the sense that you just knew that if people were going to go to a pool of gay talent because mm-hmm. the brave ones to come out were so few and far between. Anything involving, like, again, Wilson yeah. Cruz was gonna be like gay media.
1: But mm-hmm. I mean, Elliot, tell people how you came out. I mean, remember you you put a hoop <laughs> earring in your right ear, you wore a, crop t- a mesh crop top, you had a dream catcher belly button ring, you had cut off jean shorts, and that's how you told your family.
0: Okay, you Elliot, let me, let me stand up for you against Brent using JoJo Siwa catchphrases. Besties, no bullies, gonna live the dream like a candy queen, Hold the drama. I just want to dance. Take that, Brent. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, just we'll so leave. you know,
1: her name reminds me of Jar Jar Binks, but okay. <laughs> Not even joking. Well, we are joined today by the amazingly talented and super funny Mary Beth Barone. Mar- Mary Beth, thank you so much for Hi, being here. Hi, Mary
3: Beth. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Do you, do you ever get angry
0: line. at people who just call you Mary? Mm hmm. Good question. I
3: don't get angry. I mean, you live, you know, I've been on this earth 29 years yeah. and I've mm, been called mm-hmm. a lot of different things Yeah. and Mary is not the worst. Mm-hmm. Mary Ann mm-hmm. is the worst. Oh, so, that's,
1: that is the worst you've ever gotten.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, she, all, with all due respect to Mary Ann's, I just think it's lazy for people to assume that if you have a double Mary name, that it's Mary Ann, mm-hmm. but I've been called lots of, you know, Mary Kate, Mary Sue, Mary Ellen, people, some the people, people are just call just... me Beth.
1: So people are just making up a second name for you, which is strange. People
3: just can't hear, uh, yeah. or they don't listen; they choose I, not to. So
0: I can totally relate. Mine's H Allen, and I tell people H Allen, and you know the guys here call me Allen, and people in my life call me Allen, but people forget the H. It's like the, it's like there's a there's a there's just like fingers in their ears when they hear that first word mm. for some reason.
2: Yeah, but mm. isn't the no- common knowledge that you you some people just go with the, the longer name
0: I think people are applying a common knowledge to something that I am not saying to people
3: right because if you, if you introduce yourself it's funny when I introduce myself as Mary Beth and people are like well do you go by Mary or Mary Beth and it's like what did I just say
2: <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. I think there's something funny to like I have a friend, like I have a couple friends. One is named, one goes by Catherine, one goes by Cat, but I think it would be so funny to involuntarily call them involuntarily call them Kathy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
3: that's such a it's a leap for some reason. It is you know, a leap. It's, it's mm-hmm. it is a nickname. It is like a, 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 an approved nickname but it's such a choice i think to it's go such by a Kathy. choice
2: and it would totally change the f- full embodiment of who they are if i called my friend Kathy. <laughs> you know mary beth is an interesting name because i i
1: think of it as it, as a name maybe because i had a, a classmate in k through 12 whose name was mary beth but i had a friend or i, I shouldn't say friend because i didn't like her but i knew this girl in college her name was mary grace and someone's mm. like oh this is mary grace I, I said oh nice to meet you mary she goes um it's mary grace and i was like well <laughs> then it's mary from here on out for the rest of right. my
3: life right i would never I I would never go like I would never be offended if someone shortened it and people do right. that all the time I right. think there is an underrepresentation of Mary Beth's like it's great that you had a classmate named Mary Beth that kind of creates a, an like an inherent comfort level with it but right. that's actually why I got into comedy is because I think there's an underrepresentation of Mary Beth's in Hollywood <laughs> um, and I right. challenge you to name one
2: I'm trying uh, to think that's a really good point Alan would be good at this is
0: there
3: a Mary
2: uh, famous Mary Beth
0: yeah the Mary um isn't it the woman from, uh, oh god, the right stuff, not the right stuff, but the Mary Beth Stelling, Mary Beth. Oh god, she's like, she's she's kind of a famous actress. Hold on, I'm going to find Mary her. Elizabeth
3: yeah. Winstead, maybe, but no, that's, she goes by the full Mary Elizabeth.
0: Now, while you look that up, I'm going to move
3: on.
1: Um, Mary Beth, how are you doing? How you're in London right now? How are you doing? How's quarantine? How's life? How, how have you been?
3: It's good. It's, you know, quarantine has been a lot, a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of journaling, um, a lot of just kind of wondering what what it's all for. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, I'm excited that I feel like um, we had a few things to be excited about right before the election and the vaccine was happening. And like everyone was kind of on this high. And I've noticed the last two or three weeks, like everyone I know is at their lowest point. They're like Mm. about to snap and kind of at their wits end. So I would say I'm, I'm in the majority on that. And I have been feeling like, (laughs) yeah, "Hmm, why what's the point (laughs) of all of it? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I, it's funny you say that because I was just, I just saw a friend this weekend and she was talking about how like it was it was such a bad New Year's for her because she's like everyone on social media was like, mm-hmm. "Good riddance, 2020," and she's like, "Nothing's gonna change in in four hours mm-hmm. when it's 2021." Which is there's nothing wrong with kind of you know being excited to move on. I obviously think 2021 will be a better year than 2020, but like yeah, we're also still in the doldrums of of the pandemic, and so it's mid February, and like yeah, it still sucks nothing's right now. Changed.
3: It just depends where you're at, like. On which side of the delusion you're on. Right. Like sometimes when you're on the like, everything's gonna be great because we have this like line in the sand and 2020 is over and like fuck that whole year. Right. Um, if you wanna buy into that, I think that's great and like a coping mechanism. But then for the realists out there, for the cynics, we kind of knew nothing would change. But right. I guess like, you know, we've done it for a year almost now. So maybe humans are resilient. Maybe we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still,
2: to this day, I'm still sort of taken by. The idea that everyone's and when i say everyone i mean that lightly but like that we've all adjusted and like masks are like you know fashion statements now and they mm-hmm. they're, they've been incorporated into our lives in such a distinct way that it's almost i mean i i i free i like without even thinking about it put on masks the moment i leave my apartment yeah and uh, and it's it's then there are all those moments where it's just like wow that's literally like part of my day-to-day life that's what i see everywhere i go like it's yeah. just
1: it's part of it's the even
2: vernacular Even started more having so... nightmares about not wearing masks
1: oh like wow being caught out with had, sorry well. yeah.
0: sorry go ahead no yeah. i think it's i mean what i've been sort of noticing more and more is the enjoyment of people especially on television like doing interviews via zoom rather than having to go in someplace to do something like i think that's going to forever change how we do how we watch television specifically and like entertainment interviews and different things that we, and podcasting even in a lot of ways like I think that whole like going into a studio and having a guest is going to kind of become something that people don't rely on less and it's going to create more podcast and shit
3: yeah. yeah really and in a way it's good because you can interview people that might not ordinarily be able to like come to the studio exactly I do feel like i don't know i hope i hope at some point it gets you know we find some normalcy like obviously the way things were generally speaking wasn't perfect but um i'll be excited when i can like do stand up yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. wait 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 can i ask this real quick wait you alan you think it's like a good thing if like kathy and jimmy doesn't fly to new york to do like the the tonight show or something
0: (laughs) well no i don't think that i mean shows like that are different what i'm saying is more like you know, CNN or or but b- specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. podcasting. Like we would never have been able to have Mary Beth on if it were not for the pandemic, which I yeah, think right. is. Got it. Got and it. I'm, I'm and I'm grateful for it yes, today. Right? The, pandemic,
3: the well, pandemic, has been worth it, so that I could do this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the you official would, statement have, coming out of the pod.
2: <laughs> yeah, but in then in the normal world, you would have flown back from London to do the podcast. <laughs> right absolutely. Right. First
3: class. <laughs> Ellie what were you gonna say
2: yeah I was gonna ask so you haven't been able to do stand up I mean state you know stateside like there have been obviously people who have been able to figure out ways to do it outside and um, but as a comedian what I don't know how long you've been in in, in London but um, in terms of itching to get back on the stage there's been nothing outside is it does it feel different there
3: well, I, I guess my, like, I dipped my toe back in the water because I had to film a Comedy Central set f- uh, in the fall. So when I was prepping for that, I was doing outdoor shows, and it felt like – it almost just felt like you were, like, you were, like, about to come, but you didn't. Like, mm-hmm. you – it gave me blue balls in a way because <laughs> yeah. I could do a show, but it was like this, the F train was running behind me and I couldn't hear people laughing because yeah. they're all wearing masks and we're outside on a rooftop <laughs> right. in, in Bushwick.
1: Yeah. So I, I
3: did a bunch of shows to prep for that. And that show was very safely done. All Everyone was tested twice. The audience was like handpicked. Everyone was tested. And I yeah. felt really good about doing that. But then in the weeks following, I was doing some outdoor shows and like when I would, if I would accidentally touch. microphone to my mouth i would be putting hand sanitizer on my mouth and i'm like why am i doing this (laughs) right right is it responsible to be bringing people together right now just because i want to do stand up like you know do you think it's If we have shows, people are going to come, but should they? You know.
1: It was interesting because I had a friend who who has actually been extraordinarily cautious during this whole thing, and you know, 11 months into the pandemic, he just got it. He got coronavirus. He's fine, but he got it. He thinks from a grocery store, and he sent me this text that was just like totally haunted me, where he was like, "I could have not been sitting in my apartment this whole time because I got it. I'm fine," and like. Uh, and it just, it just kind of made me think, I'm like, yeah, like it's, you know, obviously if you get it, you sit at home, you get through it. Obviously people our age are way more often than not are, are just fine. You're like, how, how angry and disturbing would it be if I got it two, three months shy of a vaccine, 11 months after sitting at home all day long, just to avoid getting it. And then I get it. It would be, it would be like destructive to me. I think it would totally fuck with my head. You think so? Yeah. I think, I think it would. I think I I would feel like my responsibility, like I was trying to be the, I was trying to be responsible. I failed and. But getting it
0: earlier, getting it later is not going to change how you should live. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's, that's true. I think it's maybe a something of a defeatist mindset, but. um, (laughs) Glass
2: half full here. Yeah. Right right here.
0: Glass half full (laughs) with the pandemic.
2: Do people for the most part seem sane about it in London and. You know, like, do they, had they, do they buckle down in the same way that New York did or are they more lackadaisical like, you know, the rest of the country?
0: Oh, no, I think she's frozen. because oh. okay, oh, you guys
3: fr- are <clears throat> frozen. Okay.
0: Oh, wait, no, she's right. back. You you're back, me? you're back. back. We can yeah, hear her. Back. Oh, I'm going to keep all this because I love this. <laughs> This luck. is
3: just, re- it's real and it's raw. It's, it's raw and it. it's
0: organic.
3: Um, I actually
1: thought I offended you because you didn't move for like three minutes. I was like, Jesus. Like, I know, I was like, I she's
0: very enough. much against <laughs> Brent's yeah, right. assessment here. Right.
3: <laughs> I would say here in London, its it's been really sad because... Um, There was a time when cases were so low that they kind of reopened, like Mm -hmm. indoor dining, pubs Mm -hmm. were open. They had this thing called Eat Out to Help Out, which is where they were literally encouraging people to go sit down at restaurants. Mm. And so you would get a discount if you went and ate there. And then obviously, because people were gathering again, schools were reopened, et cetera. The numbers just shot up right before Christmas. So it's just it's a very cautionary tale, and that's what kind of worries me about New York and L.A., kind of partially reopening is like don't you see that it's just gonna get bad again
2: yeah yeah it seems like pretty common knowledge or easy science but i I don't know the difference between
0: i think uk and the u.s at least is that the uk's rollout of a vaccine has been incredibly more um robust than in the united states and they've had a They, they've actually, I mean, the U.K. broker deals with pharmaceutical companies w- much better than the U.S. and much sooner yeah. than the U.S. ever did. And so more people are vaccinated in the U.K. So if they do open up, at least. What percentage are they at? I'm not, I don't have the number right now, no. but they're much better than the U.S. I mean, they're, they're like,
3: vulnerable. Like demographics are, I think, like maybe I read somewhere like between 70 and 90 percent, which is good. Yeah. But I think what's most important is that it's safe enough now to do. The next season of uk drag race so i think that's yes, most kind important. of well too. it's interesting
0: got, you bring that up because i so when when uk drag race was happening when they were originally filming my my boyfriend did an outfit for one of the queens and <gasps> we sent the promo outfit, but then as soon as it was sent it went right back into lockdown it was just like mm-hmm. the things that happened to the performers on this season of uk the second season of uk drag race just sucks. They were filming, they had to go into lockdown. They came out to film again. They were so excited to get out and tour. And then all of a sudden lockdown again. And it's just I know. It's oh it sucks.
3: I mean at least they wait like i feel i feel bad for them but i feel worse for the queens in the U- the last u.s season who had to do their finale on zoom yeah. because if i yeah. s- if i like broke my back to get onto drag race and then all you want is that f- you make it to the top four top three you're there you're at the finish line and then they're like okay rue's gonna be wearing a, a mask <laughs> and no makeup you're
1: in your bathroom yeah and yeah,
3: you're yeah. gonna be performing <laughs> in your apartment in front of like you know right. glitter streamers i would <laughs> right. yeah Feel very, uh, I feel very cheated in that yeah, sense. Yeah, continue streamers. That's really you know, annoying.
1: I also wanted to ask you, Mary Beth, because I was watching some of your stand-up. You talk about being, uh, you were like raised a Republican. You used to be a Republican, right?
3: <laughs> yes. What was, wait, where were you
1: raised and what was that like? Tell, yeah, tell us about that.
3: You know, it's very weird to be 14 and be worried about paying high taxes. <laughs> It's <laughs> the kind of one thing that I remember is being really stressed about that but I so my family was very we were Catholic we were Republican and what's great about lockdown and even I mean what I will say what's been good about Trump being president is like we were kind of able to radicalize my parents because I have five mm. siblings mm-hmm. so it was like six against two like mm, yeah. this is what is going on in the world right now and this is kind of like what the problems are luckily they didn't vote for trump so it's been it it started out we started out ahead almost in in that process of of kind of getting them onto the right side of history but it was crazy i mean i was like i love john mccain i love george bush i had like a john (laughs) mccain t-shirt i was you were old school
0: republican you weren't Trump republican
3: yeah no no we were very like um american values when that meant something mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything, but like, at least they sort of had like a platform at that time politically. Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously thought 9-11 was handled really well. Um, just kind of across the board thought Republicans are doing great work. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And
3: then I changed my mind. The more I learned, I changed my mind. So mm. who would you say happy. is your
0: favorite, like from your childhood Republican days the, the back then before you transitioned, who right. is your favorite Republican. Bob Dole. Please say Bob Dole. No, I ha- don't say Say Elizabeth Dole.
3: No, I ha- I have to say George Bush, unfortunately. Oh, Those wait, which one? Oh, uh, George Bush, uh, the second, George W.
0: Okay, okay.
3: Because th- that was a time when, you know, we had Will Ferrell playing him on SNL. We had, yeah. I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened, so I didn't know any. So I'd never even heard of the Middle East. Like, I didn't know, I mean... <laughs> because they didn't teach us world geography at Catholic school. We just learned about the States and not very much about that either. Yeah, so right. I <laughs> just had no concept of it, but I just knew like these colors don't run. Oh my know? God. So <laughs> that was the vibe. But I think George Bush. Yeah. Just like, he just seemed like a wholesome guy. And even people that didn't like his politics were like, there was that poll where like majority of people would sit down and have a beer, yeah, with, a him, beer with him. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that rocks.
1: You know, <laughs> it, 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 there is, there is a brilliance to, to Trump. I think in particular, if he, if it doesn't lead down an even darker road that I think Trump makes regular quote unquote Republicans so much more palatable, like, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, in 2008 at the end of eight years of Bush, I I was like, I, if I ever saw that man, I'll spit in his face. I hate him so much. I hate him more yeah. than anyone in the world. And now, like, what, uh, but, let me do the math. You know, 12 years later, I'm like, oh, he's such a great guy.
3: He's a good American. He <laughs> just didn't know how much worse it could get.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now we do. I always remember there was a there was a thing that Oprah said about uh, how like she knew that she was she never really sort of like sided with. Oh, my God. It's from the the podcast. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget exactly what he said to her, but there was a she had both George Bush and Al Gore on and Al Gore was your typical politician, you know, like not really warm or friendly, but just sort of tepid and answered yeah. the questions and that was it. But then she's the George Bush said something to her, Ellie. Oh, he, do you remember? He came on and he gave her a kiss on the cheek and the audience
2: cheered and then she he whispered to her uh um he whispered to her I'm gonna win. Yes. I, I I know like I know I'm gonna win because mm-hmm. and her her point being that like when every when it's all boiled down it's not policy uh it's not really policy that gets someone elected it's their personality whether whether they're mm-hmm. charismatic in a Obama way or whether they're charismatic in a George W. Bush way or whether they're, I hate to say charismatic in a Trump way where they yeah. can you know, reach certain people just by his
0: disgusting behavior.
2: Yeah. But you know that her point was like charm in whatever form it comes in always wins.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I mean, he was charming. I would
2: probably sleep with George W. Bush. Wait, wait yeah. Mary Beth, I have to, so you came from the family with how many
3: siblings? So there's six of us all together, three girls and three boys.
0: And oh, wow, that's perfect. Split down the middle. Wait, wait, where
1: in the country are you from?
3: Connecticut. Oh.
2: So in that in that big uh, Catholic family where you're raised Republican, where did where have your siblings fallen? Uh, um, I guess, politically speaking,
3: I would say the, the they started splintering off. It just seemed like whenever people kind of reached like college and out of college. You just get so much more perspective. And yeah. I think for me, I became politically apathetic for a while. I was just like, it doesn't affect me. So I don't really need to know about it. And then it wasn't until I started doing comedy that I thought I just learned a lot more about other people's experiences because you, yeah. you just even in an improv classes and doing stand up. It's like you're just exposed to a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of say, well, if I'm an empathetic person, I have to know what's going on and I have to kind of be on this side of things. But mm-hmm. all of my siblings are liberal and one of them we suspect we we suspect he will maybe turn but that's just because we think he's going to be really rich so it's like (laughs) where will he land we don't know but we're excited to find out
2: are any of them queer
3: no, not queer. Very toxically straight family, unfortunately. <laughs> Besides me, kind of coming in at the eleventh hour and starting to date women. But right. it's been uh, yeah, it's it was sad for me because I wanted a gay brother, but now I can only hope for you know maybe some of my siblings' children. We don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> the jury's oh out on that. Right. How do,
1: I mean, how do you self-identify? You because uh, I know you've dated women, correct?
3: Yes, I I self-identify as bisexual.
1: Okay. Okay. Bisexual. What so what I mean, was it difficult coming out to like a Catholic you know, relatively conservative? Yeah, well, or did you parent? did you have
2: to come out? What was that process like?
3: I am lucky in that my uncle is gay, my mom's brother. Mm. So he and he's been very vocal and like it's always the uncle. He was at, mm-hmm. It's always yeah. the uncle. And always he was a, I think he was Rarely at the first Pride it. March. But he mm. so he is like, you know, he's just always been the, the gay uncle and my mom loves yeah. him dearly and i think the more we got away from the church and also like my family's not religious anymore um oh. and i don't want to say it's because of the movie spotlight but i do think that movies <laughs> can change minds yeah, yeah I'm, I'm spotlight just was
0: traumatic that yeah there
3: was there was something happened after seeing yeah. that movie i think for a lot of people so what happened was i just like i mean i've always been like attracted to women and i think once you once you realize you are bisexual or gay, like you kind of can reframe a lot of memories from childhood and a lot of the things, the media that you wanted to consume, like why did I love the movie Transformers so much? Probably, you know, (laughs) it wasn't really the Shia of it all. Right. Um, It was Megan Fox, like working on a car in a denim skirt and a crop top.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Um, So
3: you can kind of like see where the signs were that you maybe Mm -hmm. kind of missed. But I started dating, I dated a woman for the first time when I was like, 28 or 27 or 28 and I just kind of called my mom and told her and I wasn't afraid I wasn't scared so sometimes I feel like I since I didn't have to like I didn't have this uphill battle of coming out I'm like mm-hmm. is it wrong for me to like claim the bisexual experience but I do think a lot of people it, it happens for a lot of people this way so it's mm-hmm. just like it's okay to be bisexual and not have a lot of like trauma associated yeah. with it
2: yeah of course hopefully and was your uncle instrument? I guess not instrumental but did he was he like uh, did he did he did he I hate to say mentor but did he have that sort of effect on you where he like gave you insight or
0: was it just like you were did you he know, recruit you is what yeah, right.
3: he, yeah. well he locked me in his apartment for about two years <laughs> right. then yeah. exposed me to like a lot of no um, the he, bird cage
0: in and out it was that exactly. childhood
3: yeah. yeah so no it, it was just like it was so much more chill I guess because like I have just always I'm just the type of person that like if I decide something my fam my family just knows that I'm like crazy not to say that Mm being being bi means that you're crazy but they're just like oh well this is who she is and they are very like accepting of who I am which is great um but I think like just seeing that he's been able to overcome everything like you know being gay back then obviously it's still difficult but it was he's just kind of always like in who he was, and yeah. there was just no choice, like to put up any like resistance, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I felt very like I was able to do that, which is nice.
1: Well, by the way, thank you so much for joining us, Mary Beth. Mary Beth Barone. Where can people find you online?
3: You can find me at Mary Beth Barone. As insane as that sounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, so fortunate. Across the board. How much did you yeah. pay for
1: that? How much did you pay to get your own URL? I am
3: in a lot of debt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for, for joining here. us. Thank you so this much for being here.
3: pleasure, guys. We'll have a great um, rest of you. We'll have a great, I don't want to date the podcast, but it is Valentine's Day. That's <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> Enjoy that and um, great meeting all of you.
0: And another thing.
2: So everyone's been talking pretty, uh, relentlessly about the Britney Spears documentary.
1: On oh, public. I thought you
0: were going to say Brent's diarrhea.
1: <laughs> By that the way, too. I have been talking about that, that relentlessly recently, but yes, I actually just cleaned my toilet today for the first wow. time in like two months. It looked like- uh, For the first time, like time in two prop, months? Looked like a prop from a dungeon.
0: My oh, God, like two set. months. How do you go two I months cleaning? I mean, oh my no God. One's here.
1: I don't know. Why would I have to clean it every day if no for one's sanitary
0: here? Sanitary reasons. It's not oh, sanitary. I, I'm not
1: eating off of my <laughs> toilet.
2: Don't you want to look into a clean toilet?
1: I, I'm honestly neither here nor there <laughs> because it's not clean for very long, to be honest with you, Elliot. <laughs> to be totally honest. Wait, can I real real quick? Can I read one of my favorite comments I've ever gotten? Yes. Um, on Instagram, uh, I got a DM, and it was uh, a, a, a dear fan who listens to the podcast, Oh, uh, and she wrote such a funny thing. She said, my friend and I often think and talk about your seemingly horrible bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... <laughs> And She gave me some suggestions to
2: alleviate your quote chronic diarrhea, and I. Just
1: One of them could be cleaning thing.
0: your toilet more regularly. Maybe, maybe there's yeah. bacteria living in there. I doubt yeah. it.
2: My sister always tells me to re- remind Brent about psyllium husks. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: That's right. I think
2: psyllium husks have the opposite
1: effect. I think they're. I a don't laxative, know what they right? have. Yeah. Oh, that might
2: be it. Yeah. Anyway, Elliot, I didn't mean to derail you. No. So everyone's watching this Britney Spears documentary. And so, and I watched it too. And, and uh, you know, it got me thinking about how we've talked on the, pa- in the in the past on the podcast about how she's such a, Britney is such a centerpiece of gay culture and such a centerpiece of a certain type of gay right. uh, uh, worship. And I have partic I've never really felt one thing or the other for her. I, you know, I've enjoyed some of her music, but she you know, she was just a part of the culture and yeah. Alan in particular, didn't really hate her music.
0: Yes. Um, we have and- to preface, I don't hate her. I hate her yes, music. He hates her music,
2: <laughs> but you know, in watching the documentary, it truly was the first time that a, of course I felt all the feelings about, you know, her conservatorship and how just disgusting that the culture was strange as a woman. Yeah, and strange. Yeah. But above and above that, I really for the first time understood where that gay fandom came from. Because I, I for the first time really was like, oh, I can see where she's actually campy. And I can see where it's like I can see where that that the sort of comic tra- the comic tragedy of her existence felt mm-hmm. similar to like a J- Eliza Minnelli or a Judy Garland where it's like, Eliza. I yeah. guess, yeah, you know. So anyway, I'm just curious what you guys thought, if, if that made any sense to you, if what, what your takeaways are.
0: I mean, I definitely, I definitely, you know, I don't have a different feelings. So I've always respected Britney and what she did and how mm-hmm. she was able to amass the kind of celebrity that she was able to amass. I mean, that's pure talent that she based that career on. That said, one of my favorite things to do at a gay bar for, since like 1999, I wasn't even allowed in gay bars in 1999, <laughs> but if I could be, <laughs> I would go in there and be like, I'm not really into Britney Spears. And Good it would be like, happens. it would be like, I shot a gun at a gay bar. I committed yeah. a hate crime or something. It would be yeah. like, it was the most polarizing statement you could make. And it is almost to this day to say that you don't really care for Britney Spears. Did you guys ever and, go to, oh, sorry. No, go ahead.
2: Did you guys ever go to the gay bar heaven in New York?
0: Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that what, was like, what was it? What was it? What was it? It was like a twink bar that was like, or like, there was like college, they like college age guys in and mm-hmm. My sort of game mentor or whatever at the time took me. <laughs> and it was so depressing. By a leash?
1: He took you by a leash to this place? <laughs>
2: yeah. So depressing because they just played like, Britney and Christina. Yeah. All these twinks were like in occasionally a Kylie jeans, shirtless, body glitter. And I was just like, where, like, truly kill me. I wanted to like jump in traffic, but it was such a specific thing. Like, it Mm -hmm. was just Britney and Christina. It was so specific.
0: Yeah. And I mean, but that said, I mean, what she has, what we did to her, you know what I mean? Like, I've always felt like we as a public kind of fed into this sort of narrative of just like, wanting to tear her down and wanting, and I like that right now during this sort of Me Too, I don't think we'd be having this reckoning for Britney Spears, this free Britney Spears moment, if it wasn't for Me Too. And if that, if we haven't been looking back at sort of how we treated women in the yeah. past, like for example, Ryan Murphy, the O.J. Simpson film with Marsha Clark and how we treated her, or even the clip going viral this week with Lindsay Lohan and how D- David Letterman interview and him really asking her like berating
2: her about, about her rehab,
0: yeah. And mm-hmm. so I like that we're having this sort of reckoning for how we have treated women and how we can maybe treat them going for or how we should be treating them going forward and what can be done to remedy So Yeah, so the the documentary
2: vandalizing. Sorry, I just vandalizing and that clip of Ed McMahon saying like do you have a boyfriend? Can yeah. I be your boyfriend? And she's to a like five year old Britney yeah. Spears. Yeah, horrifying, horrifying. Yeah. It is it is
1: very very surreal. Yeah, the documentary is kind of fun because they show some of this art. You know, obviously not archived necessarily because it's on YouTube, but like this footage of Diane Sawyer, who's just a you know a monster, <laughs> and like the way she leads interviews is like you can tell she's like waiting until the person breaks down. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: it's like her driving she's like, what motivation. You, and she's like,
2: "What did you do to Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake?" And it's like. What did she do to like it's And she what, yeah. also
1: yeah uh, Diane Sawyer also tells Britney who you know let's not forget it she's like a 24 year old girl Oh my gosh, she's a kid yeah Diane Sawyer tells her that the uh the first lady of Maryland so the wife of the governor oh, of Maryland yeah. said she wanted
0: to shoot Britney Spears she wanted to her, shoot her Her reaction is like well that's not nice not. like and it's 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 so you can see in Britney's face there it's like why would you ask me that? Why would right. you even ask, why is that even a question that an adult would ask another adult? I don't know I don't, why she I wants to even, shoot me.
2: I don't even think she was 24. I feel like she was quite young there. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. not that that's the point but like either way even like her sitting with Matt Lauer it's like he's so lecherous in a way and he's so yeah. patronizing to her and it just <clears throat> I it just it's so gross but I do wonder if you guys, did you guys have any clearer understand did you see camp in her like did, did the gay like all the gay all her uh free britney protesters and her supporters well, were so queer yeah and i wonder i,
0: I yeah. had the, the the one time i laughed i didn't really laugh at all in a documentary except for at some of the homosexual protesters <laughs> um not because they're homosexual protesters let me just preface this by saying that but because we do, as queer people, have a tendency to go all in on a fandom and go all in yeah. about obsessing over things. I mean, Elliot and I have Golden Girls tattoos for fuck's sakes. Like mm-hmm. we go all in when we love something. That said Grant has a,
2: Grant has a Jim J. Bullock tattoo.
1: That's, that's right. That's true. Right. That's right true. above my
0: right above my butt crack. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's it's a tramp stamp. It's a Jim J. Bullock tramp stamp. Right. Actually. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh seeing like the fact that these people they 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 got off work if they work yeah, right. on a Tuesday <laughs> at like 2 p.m. to make pink free Brittany posters and 12 of them decided to go stand outside a courthouse. Twelve, 12 of them decided to go stand outside a courthouse um and and support their girl because she supported them. And I get that you think she supported you, and that's wonderful that you found support in life and her during troubling times in your life. I think that's, that's the power of art. Sure. But like, I was moved by like Kathy Bates performance in primary colors. It's not going to move me to go like, help her out at like superior court when she's fighting a ticket. Like, I'm not going to go down there and help her.
1: You know, I guess I'm I'm of the same mind where I'm like, I, of course, it's fine. I have nothing against someone who kind of read what maybe they interpreted as the tea leaves to indicate one way or the other on Britney Spears. But the funny thing about Britney is that God love her. Uh, I do like her, but I, I never exactly thought of her as like an undying advocate of the LGBT community, especially right. not until like more so recently where right. I think she's had some clips and videos. And and look, I, I certainly d- don't think or guess that she was a homophobic person. Um, but like, it's just interesting that- She like kissed like, like Like Cher, you know, Cher is like kind of, like a love for share makes sense to me because yeah. I feel like she's been connected with the
2: movement for like yeah. decades. But or like, or like Alan said, like Madonna or like a Judy Garland. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but, but you're right with Britney. She, it's, does, it's
2: she It does. felt different.
0: Well, but no, there is there is a historically in terms of sort of like queer iconography, there is a connection that Britney Spears does fit into in that. There's a reason why we loved Bette Midler, you know Barbra Streisand, Liza, because there is a vulnerability to them. There's yeah, something sure. that is being used that they possess, and 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 we are using it as a public, as a consuming public, and so queer people historically. Latch themselves on to these vulnerable characters, the Marilyn Monroes, etc. These vulnerable characters because they are vulnerable because they represent our own vulnerabilities as Mm. queer people, and so, Mm -hmm. you know, Brittany kind of fits within that narrative a little bit, and you could you could even argue that she's the last of the sort of vulnerable pop icons that that we sort of relate to because it, at that time then it shifted there's a reason why Lady Gaga came right when Britney was was going down yeah. because Lady Gaga became about fighting back against discrimination and sub- standing up for who you were and all of that like she took that narrative and went in a different direction than the vulnerable direction and so it kind of Britney's fall kind of also mirrors the gay rights movement and that we were finding ourselves very powerful in the public presence yeah
2: you know? I, I didn't I honestly hadn't thought it I, I did not see it that way until the documentary and it really cha- it, it clarified it for me uh in you in, in that way and uh yeah. god I just yeah I feel I, I feel bad for her I just think she just became the like the requisite punching bag for the mis- just the crazy combination mm-hmm. of like misogyny mm-hmm. and like pornifying sexualization of children and she just became like the poster child for it and we all watched her downfall as, as a result of it do you, and you also, remember do you remember when when
1: mary kate and ashley olsen there was like a website yes, devoted to the, when they would the count down a Tina countdown it's, website it's
2: so disgusting Isn't i mean it's so, so bizarre creepy. that like
1: like not that that was like ma- not, not that like my dad checked that website it wasn't like a mainstream <laughs> but some thing adult man. but like
0: probably yeah, I mean, someone it.
1: made it it's <laughs> yeah. certainly an adult made it uh i would i would guess that uh that you know whatever that was when it was like 2001 not a lot of kids were coding but like
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's just it's surreal how it how far we've come yeah
0: I guess, and
3: i think the
2: documentary while. really shows that it just it just shows that this this like last gasp of like of, of like sexualizing of women was so potent that mm-hmm. she was she really got the brunt of it and uh it's nice to come out
0: the other side but do you um, think she'll come back do you think we'll have like a britney comeback moment yeah i don't
2: know i mean i think she's i like,
0: think for I mean, yeah like 38 I mean, I mean she's got like
1: decades left i would imagine she'll 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 be i just wonder eventually. if she's going to go
0: in the direction of because she is kind of I mean you could compare her to sort of the problems that Lindsay lohan has had as well oh yeah for sure and 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 has what kind of like weight has that caused on her career because Lindsay lohan there's i don't think there's any way Lindsay lohan's coming back anytime soon Mm -hmm. and you could i wonder if britney might have the same fate i don't know i think she could probably i
2: think she could figure out or her team could figure out a way to sort of take advantage of this cultural moment and her Mm -hmm. struggle and her journey and you know, not- a But gonna, you're saying and, that yeah, she Brittany could find a fine. way
0: to hit us one more time. <laughs>
2: Baby.
1: <laughs> Baby. Wait, wait, you could say that she's gonna, oops, I did it I don't
2: <laughs> What would your aunt, aunt say? Uh, <clears throat> Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? You spend a lot of time talking about gay-friendly singers, but no time talking about Amy Grant. (laughs) We have, though.
0: We Uh, have a couple
2: times, yeah. My Aunt Joanne would say, yeah, most people listen to Britney or Christina. I was more into Willa Ford. (laughs) (laughs) How about Aunt Anne?
0: My Aunt Anne would say, a lot like JoJo, I came out last week as well. I came out of my diet. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to Panera. <laughs> How long was she in that
1: diet for? 48 years. Mm. Hmm. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot
0: Glazer. I'm Elliot Wexler Glazer. And I am Wexler Elliot Glazer. <laughs> no, you aren't. Yes, I am. God How dare I don't, you? I don't think that's my middle name. I can take a man if I want to. <laughs>